0: When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com.
1: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain now, blast it with the wave an ultrasonic, anchor and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent to Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed, and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve.
2: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Tacy. Hello, Tacy.
3: Hello, everybody.
2: The woman with whom I share a bed. What do you think of that? It's true true, that's all it is. This is a show for people who have never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POO-ED. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine where you can get a weird medicine bristol stool scale mug
3: gotta have one of those
2: you do and we make 22 cents so we need oh, to just on. get you our own made i know <laughs> most importantly we are not your medical providers take everything you with the grain of salt don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking over with your doctor nurse practitioner physician assistant pharmacist chiropractor acupuncturist yoga master physical therapist clinical laboratory scientist registered dietitian or whatever and uh don't forget feels.com dot com slash fluid. feels.com dot com slash fluid. We'll be talking more about feels later. It's a premium C B D. And you can get uh fifty percent off your first shipment if you sign up for a uh subscription and you can uh cancel anytime, and you get a discount on everything else you buy after that.
3: It's a good deal.
2: And don't forget stuff. Dr Steve dot com stuff, S-T-U-F-F com. You can go there. You can scroll down and see all the different things we talk about on this show. Or you can just click through to Amazon, and uh, it really helps uh, keep our show on the air. So thank you very much going to stuff.drsteve.com And tweakedaudio.com the best earbuds for the price and the best customer service anywhere. They are a Tennessee company. We really need to We keep talking about it. I'd like to do a show over there sometime when this stupid pandemic is over. Tweakedaudio.com. Use offer code FLUID and get thirty-three percent off. Which it's crazy. They're insane. Thirty-three percent off by using offer code FLUID. And then if you want to lose weight like me, uh, go to Noom.doctorsteve.com. Attain your ideal body weight without really it being a diet. It's a it's a, a psychology app, right, Tase? Exactly. And it changes your relationship with food and it changes your relationship with a lot of other things for the better in your life too. So check out Noom, N O O M dot com. You get 2 weeks free and 20% off if you decide to try it. It's just a 3 week program or 3 month program, so it's not a big outlay and there's no points and all that malarkey. And if you would like a weird Oh, you hear that? 25 more new ones.
3: Oh, yay. Everyone needs one. Weird
2: medicine Um, face mask, guaranteed to be as effective as any other cloth face covering (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for uh, going out in public. If you want people to notice you, they will with this because it's really goofy looking. Uh, So, for $30. You can go to drsteve.com in the middle of the page. It says get every weird medicine show on a thumb drive, and you click on that. It takes you to PayPal. So for $30, this is what you get, a weird medicine face mask as long as they last. I've only got 25 left. And you get a thumb drive with 32 gigs of memory and about 19 gigs now of weird medicine content going way back to number one. And, um, you know, that's way back when it was just P.A. John and me, and then there was P.A. John and double vasectomy turd and Jefferson the shyster uh, way be- be- before um, uh, Dr. Scott was here. And then we went through the GVAC years and now the Tacy year.
3: Oh, Tacey month semester. I don't know
2: about that. I don't think you might be around for a
3: while. Mm, I think I know. Uh,
2: so, and then check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. So, what were you talking about? What is it that you.
3: I have real clothes on.
2: As opposed to?
3: Yoga pants. And oh. A oh,
2: oh, 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 oh. Boy, you didn't just not it. notice. <laughs> you
3: don't even understand. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: No, I think you always look delightful. Oh, you always have real me. clothes on. I did last show naked, if you remember. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you I, had on your pants. I
2: had underwear on. That's true. And then I did uh, the Anthony Cumia show with Dave Landau afterward talking about, oh, it was something like coronavirus or something. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, it was coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually put a shirt on, but I had no pants on.
3: It's because it's hot up here. It
2: is. It is. Yeah, it is. It's not as hot as it has been, but it's still a little stifling up here. So anyway, um, thanks for being here, Tase. Glad to see you.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You
2: got anything, <laughs> you got anything uh, uh, interesting? We were, Dr. Scott was going to be here today, and he thinked out.
3: Why did he think out?
2: Because, you know. And then he wonders why I cross out his face when I send out autographed pictures of yeah, him. Yeah,
3: that's really mean. That's got
2: oh, it's funny. I'm just being silly. I always cross out P.A. John if he's in them, too, and I write, ugh.
3: Did he have something better to do?
2: Apparently. Making money.
3: Oh, well. (laughs) Which is right.
2: These days, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So totally fine.
3: So speaking. Check out
2: Dr. Scott's website. at simply by the way. Oh, yes. Okay, what do you got?
3: Speaking of how, of course, you were talking about coronavirus with Anthony, I looked all over the place for, Health news that wasn't related to the coronavirus. <laughs>
2: we have we have some calls today that are not coronavirus. Okay, related.
3: good. And and there really wasn't any. And not only that, but what there was, it was all politicized. And yep. I just, not only could I not tell the world about it, or all four of you, but um, I just couldn't even stomach reading it. Yeah. I'm just so over it. And well, there's well,
2: idiocy on. Both sides of the political spectrum, as there always is. Mm
3: -hmm. Dr. Fauci has had to hire security because his daughters are getting death threats.
2: Oh, come on. What do they have to do with anything?
3: And on the Today Show this morning, I saw how many health care officials who work for the health department are quitting or retiring because they are also receiving death threats and having protests on their lawn and things like that.
2: Yeah, when this first happened, people would sit outside the hospital and applaud when we went in. And now I hear that if you go into a grocery store in in your hospital garb, some people will spray you with Lysol. <laughs> so, you Better know,
3: safe than sorry. It, it
2: didn't take long for the opinion to turn around. Part of this is, you know, I talked to Mehmet from um, Channel 100 today, and he was just asking me, you know, why do you think people – are uh, not listening to scientists and doctors, and and the politic the politicization of the politicization of this is part of it. I think. I think first off, we're not emphasizing critical thinking in our teaching, and you know, with our kids and with each other. We like yelling at each other. And finding that thing that we just don't like and then harping on it and sort of ignoring everything else. But um, I think that we, it, scientists and medical professionals, have not made a good case for us. And w- one example of that is don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask.
3: Well, you have to be so, patient with people because this is a novel virus. No, Totally.
2: But you got to be patient with the medical profession too.
3: It, that's what I'm oh, that's, that's what, what you're I'm saying, mean, okay. uh, my, I am mean, and and so
2: we have never seen science unfold in front of us like this on a 24-hour news cycle this way ever before.
3: And who are these people that has
2: Who are these people that have
3: the time <laughs> to go and protest?
2: Well, I don't in know. front of
3: somebody's house, probably
2: people who or you know
3: protest in general isn't everyone just so sick and just tired?
2: yeah, well, just I think it's over it well, a lot of people are not working right now, so they do have time to get out and, and
3: oh, uh, make their so voices heard eating. and i I
2: think listen, the protest is that is as American as apple pie um you know that's how this country was formed actually, but um that aside, I think that um, we haven't made a really good case. And let let me talk about don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask. So when this thing first started, there were 15, then 30, then 100 cases in the United States, all mostly on the West Coast. So at that time, you know, Fauci and everybody came out and said, don't wear a mask. Because right then, it didn't make sense to wear a mask. It was silly for someone in Tennessee to wear a mask when they were 4,000 or however far away that is, 2,000 miles away from the nearest case. Now, when we have 4 million cases, it absolutely makes sense to wear a mask, even if. And I I get people just telling me, face masks don't work. And it's like, okay cite your evidence cuz you don't have any that is a faith-based statement there's lots of evidence that face masks work they're not perfect and they won't 100% prevent transmission but what if they prevent it prevent it by 10% 10% only and 90% of the time they don't do anything but 10% of the time they'll actually decrease you know reduce the viral load that somebody's getting enough so that they don't get sick or get infected you're talking 400,000 cases now That's that would a have been prevented. And uh, I haven't checked the death numbers today, but get 10 percent of whatever, you know, the hundred and some thousand, 10 percent of those 12, 15,000 lives. That's a big deal.
3: That is a big deal.
2: That's 100 percent of how many people died from one uh, flu season. Not recently. Mm-hmm. OK, so um, or, I mean, not too long ago. So uh, that's why. And there are places in this country where you could probably not wear a mask. And people say, well, how, why don't we have a national mask policy? Well, there's a reason for that, because we don't this this thing isn't a national um well, it is a national, it's a world pandemic, but it's not a purely national phenomenon. It is regional. There are regions of this country where people need to be locked down a little bit more, where the seniors like me need to be more careful, and other parts of this country where they don't need to do that as much, and they can get away with it. New York right now is down to below double digits in their death rate, and their um a new cases rate is incredibly low. You know, after 32,000 people died in New York State, they're right now doing a pretty good job of uh, preventing new cases. So,
3: Well, one of the reasons for that is um, I read New York City, they've set up quarantine checkpoints um, to make things tougher, you know, for the travel restrictions. Yeah. And they're screening travelers from 30 states with bad outbreaks. Yeah, I right can't now. even
2: go there. Right now, I don't think. Or no. if I do, I'll have to quarantine. But there, um, there's a question about the ethics of this coming up later in the show, and we'll uh, make sh- try to make sure we get that one on.
3: Well, what are these people protesting? Mask wearing or just the virus? Because yeah, you're not I don't talking about the...
2: the the BLM stuff. You're talking about protest. You're, you're talking about the people that don't want to wear masks.
3: The people who are outside of health. Office officials' offices Right, because there's
2: two different kinds of protesting going on. We're going to make it clear we're not talking about, you know, the Black Lives yes, Matter. Yes, please
3: make that clear. But no, I yeah. mean, I do you're understand talking about there people are, are two kinds of protests.
2: I know you do. I want to make sure that the people who are listening to us realize that the, you know, that's sure. not what you're talking about. Yeah. What are these people protesting? No, well, what are they protesting?
3: Yeah. Not Not... Yeah. I mean are they protesting the virus because I don't think the virus really gives a shit right. or are they protesting the use of masks or how they feel like this was handled poorly Yes I think or- all of the above
2: I think you have people who feel that this was handled very poorly and so they're uh, very upset about that so they- uh, you have other people that are you know saying I won't be muzzled you can't make me wear a mask And, uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of different issues related around this thing.
3: So they get in large groups outside um, and and give each other COVID.
2: I guess I haven't seen those kinds of. uh, I don't know.
3: That's just what I saw today and what I read also today. So.
2: So, yeah. Um, I understand people are frustrated. I'm freaking frustrated, too. I I expected uh, favipiravir data to come out July 15th. We did finally get some. Did we talk about that last time? No, I
3: don't think we did.
2: Okay. So uh, we got some top-level data from a Phase three favipiravir trial. Now, if you don't remember, if you're a new listener, favipiravir is a drug we've been talking about for months now. That is um, an influenza drug in Japan. Well, it's, it's already made it to the market in Japan. So they've done widespread stage three or phase three and phase th- four safety studies on this stuff for influenza. So now all we have to do is prove that it works for COVID-19. It can go right on the market. And uh, so um, the, there's a company and I oh, gosh, it's uh, not care. All I can think of is Caremark. And I know that isn't that uh, that is doing a phase three study. And they released some early data that showed that um, there was a significant improvement in Resolution of symptoms, in other words, clinical cure where people don't have a fever and they don't have symptoms, uh, was about half the length of time as the people who got standard care. If you're interested in looking at more of this, go to uh, YouTube, search for the laugh button, and uh, if you go under playlists, there's my COVID situation reports. There's 15 of them, but the most recent one talked about the new favipiravir data. So it's still looking pretty good. In quite the slam dunk I was hoping for, you know, you hope for, well, 100% of them got better and nobody died. But uh, they only had 150 people in this first top-level data set, so there isn't enough to show whether... They're reducing hospitalizations and reducing deaths, but I'm hoping for the next glob of data to come out any week now. And once we have that, if they can show these people were treated early, which is it's a perfect study for what I wanted to do, is treating them early when they have mild disease to see if they progress to moderate or severe disease, keep them out of the hospital, keep them from dying. Because if that's the case, then, then it's influenza and Tamiflu. We can Pretty much go back to normal if it works well enough and uh, you just take the pill when you get sick and and isolate for seven days and that's the end of it. Because right now, I'll tell you, I have a partner who's out. She had some diarrhea and fatigue and they said, well, that's two of the symptoms of COVID-19. And now she can't come back to work until her uh, nasal swab comes back negative. Guess how long they told her it would be? 10 days. Yeah, 10 to 14 days. So that's some bullshit, mm-hmm. and um, I've got uh, you know another partner whose husband may have it, and so she's out, and you know we're trying to cover you know multiple hospitals and multiple cancer centers and um, uh, see lots of patients, and it's harder and harder to do when they're not letting people come to work and we can't get the testing done fast enough.
3: Why do we not have fast?
2: We, testing do.
3: Available we to have us. fast
2: testing available. We have huge backlogs because everybody and their sister wants to have COVID-19 testing. Don't blame them. But what we're really doing now is mass screening. And mass screening is a whole other beast than testing people who are sick and sick only. We were doing that in the beginning. And, and we caught hell for doing that because we were missing all these asymptomatic carriers. So now we're trying to do mass screening, but when you're doing it with a polymerase chain reaction test, it's a a little different. You have to stick a swab way back in somebody's nose. They've got some new, more sensitive ones that they may be able to do it with saliva. But then it's got to go into a machine, and the machine has to detect RNA and then amplify it. Once it sees it, it has to make a copy of the fragments that it sees to build them up to the point where you can then detect it. Okay.
3: Well, I've had friends who have been tested um, in a private lab. Yep. And they found out the results the same day.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, there you go. So do that.
3: They're bigger city people. Yep. But and my
2: highfalutin city high-falutin folk. Highfalutin city folk. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's where we are right now. It's still a bit of a cluster, but there is hope on the horizon. The vaccine trials are proceeding apace. I am. Very optimistic that we'll have a vaccine maybe by October or November, and uh we if Fava comes out, it'll be a one two punch we'll have a vaccine and a therapeutic that works and uh and we'll go from there and we'll be returning i'm I'm so confident that we're going to be returning to normal that I am scheduling our micro moog fest in Asheville, North Carolina at the aloft uh, uh hotel. On uh, April twenty second of twenty twenty one, I'm quite certain we'll be back normal enough that we can have meetings like that again.
3: Do you feel like they're going to cancel regular MoogFest? Fest? Well, they
2: haven't even started. I went to MoogFest's Fest's uh, website because they canceled last year's, which ended up being propitious. It was, you know, maybe they're looking. They're you know, Moog is odd. Maybe they were looking into the future, but uh, they canceled it last year, and then just amazingly realized they would have had to have canceled it anyway, so they didn't have to refund as much money. And because of very few of us had bought tickets that far in advance. I'm a nerd. I bought my ticket a year in advance. But um, I, I went to their website today. It said nothing about 2021. It's still talking about can't wait for MoogFest 2020. You know, so oh, I
3: hate that when people don't keep their Yeah, they haven't touched updated. the
2: website since they canceled it way back in uh, what February of uh, 2019. So, oh well.
3: <laughs> Speaking of vaccines, Steve, I did. Well, I did not read the article, but I read the headline that said, Vaccines may not be as effective in obese people.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting.
3: I guess I should have read that article. Yeah, but no, I didn't no, no, feel
2: no. Like Let me, uh, or you could have told me about it and then I would have looked it up for you. But uh, vaccines, obese, and obesity. Oh, this one says vaccines cause obesity. That's an anti-vaxxer site. Let me see. <laughs> Is that
3: what caused it for me?
2: <laughs> You're not obese. Okay. No, it's
3: not the one.
2: Uh, let me see. The, the weight food. of obesity and the human re- immune response. Okay, here we go. I found something. In, uh, on PubMed.gov. The weight of obesity and the human immune response to vaccination. This is from the journal Vaccine, which is no slouchy journal. This is the journal of record for uh, vaccinologists. And oh, and look, who's the writer, uh, the author of this? Gregory Poland, M.D., my professor. When I was an intern, the smartest man I have ever met, who is now America's premier vaccinologist or vaccinologist. Yeah. Wow. And we're going to have him on the show sometime, too. He promised that he would come on as long as I would teach he and his son or him and his son how to uh, uh, do a podcast. So there you go. So anyway, uh, the weight of obesity on the human response to vaccination by Gregory Poland says, despite the high success of protection against several infectious diseases through effective vaccines, some subpopulations have been observed to respond poorly to vaccines putting them at increased risk for vaccine-preventable diseases.
3: Well, this was specifically talking about the coronavirus.
2: Understood. In particular, the limited data concerning the effect of obesity on vaccine immunogenicity and efficacy uh, suggests that obesity is a factor that increases the likelihood of poor vaccine-induced immune response. So this would apply to coronavirus vaccines, too. Obesity occurs through the deposition of excess lipids into adipose tissue through the production of adipocytes and is defined as body mass index of greater than 30 kilograms per meter squared. So that's your BMI. The immune system is adversely affected by obesity, and these immune consequences raise concerns for the lack of vaccine-induced immunity in the obese patient, requiring discussion of how this subpopulation might be better protected. So... When they vaccinate older adults, of which I guess I'm one now, uh, oh, for, yes. for 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 uh, uh, um, for influenza, we get a double dose. So they may have to do that for you know our obeso Americans. They may also have to get up. Oh, higher, how get, a embarrassing. Excuse
3: yeah. me, I'm going to need. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. We're going to have to give you two doses. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, how that, embarrassing. That James
2: Gregory bit where he talked about how he was going on a puddle jumper from uh, one Caribbean island to the other. And the guy was asking people their weights. And he he said, Why are you asking for weights? And he said, Well, so that we can <laughs> put enough thought. gas in the in the thing. He's like, Well fill her up. <laughs> and he said, I just know so that some woman's gonna say, I ain't gonna tell him how much I weigh.
3: So Or at least lie about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then they're gonna, you know, end up in the ocean. So all right.
3: I don't know how many times I see um in some of these noom groups that I belong to on Facebook, yep. uh women congratulating themselves on actually being the weight that uh,
2: that they said they were
3: that is on their driver's license
2: (laughs) well all right you want to take a question you have anything else
3: i've got a couple of other okay yeah yeah go um, go go go. we got time yeah well i mean i'm not saying they're interesting things
2: um when have we ever been interested well
3: yeah okay former first lady michelle obama Talks about low-grade depression during quarantine. Apparently, she suffered from it. Sure. I bet. Um, Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, this has been really hard. And I can
2: go to work. And so my life really hasn't, even though it's scary going into these places and having to hood up and all that stuff, uh, I at least see other people every day.
3: It's terrible. You,
2: on the other hand.
3: Yeah. I hear that word pandemic, and my heart just sinks. Yeah. And um, there's absolutely nothing on television
2: yeah, they can't make anything past eleven new. o'clock. Yeah,
3: um, nothing.
2: Oh, I see what you mean. But well, there's not going to be anything new for some time.
3: Well, I don't even care. I haven't been home to watch it, but there's nothing worth watching. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, and I just sit there and stare at my computer and wait on it to ding.
2: They make these books, and then I cuss because I don't want to do what
4: They're it. They're books, tells and me you to. read them.
2: That's one thing. And you do have a pool. You could just sit by beside the pool and read, but no, I, I get it. Yeah, that still I could sucks. Do that. You could do that and sort of semi-retire, except it's that's that's not what you're supposed to be doing. No, yeah,
3: no, because I am getting paid and and I am working.
2: I think the boys are a little depressed too because they just they've lost they lost the whole end. Of, Liam lost the whole end of his junior year, which for me was my best year. It was the least stressful because you're an upperclassman, you don't have the responsibilities of a senior, but you're not a, fre- a freshman or a sophomore either. And it's a, such a great year, and uh, he had to spend it basically completely isolated. Yeah.
3: Um, on that same note, another article I read was talking about how kids in LA are going nuts. Nuts! Um, they're going nuts because the bars are closed, so they're having mansion parties. Yes. And a lot of these parties, of course, they're not, um, cor- you know, self self distancing or anything like that. And a lot of them are becoming violent. Oh, really? <laughs> with gunshots? Oh, goodness! Crazy things like that. Well, so
2: that's not good. But um, that's
3: I- part of the losing I, it a little bit thing yeah,
2: yeah 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 well the thing is is that young people there a lot of the young people would say i'm not doing this they're not necessarily wrong it's not that they can't get seriously ill and die from it because they have but it the odds are way in their favor and um so we're seeing these numbers and they tend to be more of the young with where we're seeing the numbers rise. And that may have something to do with the fact there's a couple of things that have to do with uh, the falling death rate uh, for percentage. You know if you go the, the, our death rate is going up slightly, but when you see it as a percentage of the total case rate, it's it's actually dropping. And uh, the, that likely is multifactorial has to do with the fact that it's more young people are getting it now because they're the ones out there in groups. And that we're getting better at treating it. As a matter of fact, there was a COVID nineteen question on my boards today. I took my, you know, we talked about. I took boards last week. I had to take a different set of boards this week, and these were my family medicine boards. And um, yeah, there was a COVID nineteen question on there about proning, which I got right. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, give myself one of those. I give myself. Oh, you know what I ought to give myself?
3: Give yourself
4: a bill.
2: There you go. Yeah. Um, because the kind of boards I'm taking for family medicine, you know immediately when you, when you answer a question if you got it right or wrong. And it's got a little commentary. So if you got it wrong, you can learn something from it. And it was about proning people. So uh, if you don't know what that is, when you have someone who has got no symptoms, but they have low blood oxygen, in the beginning, they were just sticking these people on the ventilator. Right. Or giving them BiPAP, which is a bi-level positive airway pressure ventilation, which where you put a mask on and force air down their throat. And then it, but the, the BiPAP particularly uh, was making aerosols in the room and probably enhancing the spread to healthcare workers. And then we used to give them um, breathing treatments. And the breathing treatments, these nebulizers, you breathe in and you breathe out and you blow these nebules Mm -hmm. around and you're coughing and stuff. And so we stop doing all that. What you do in that case, if you've got an asymptomatic person with low blood oxygen, is put them on their stomach. And you would think, why in the hell would that work? But if you position them properly, you're actually taking some of the weight off of the lungs themselves. And there's less weight pressing down on the lungs when you're prone. And the alveoli, the, the air sacs, will actually open up. And uh, a lot of times they'll oxygenate right back to 95%, 96% when you do that.
3: Oh, that's cool.
2: So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, that's I'm already on board exams out there. So
3: This article even talked about how um, parties, of course, are banned. Um, and violators are subject to be fined or imprisonment.
2: Yeah. So I
3: did not know that. So you
2: have a whole group of people who are peacefully uh, congregating, but in violation of the law because Until they, are, they
3: get drunk, then they bring the guns out. Right. Well,
2: okay. Yeah, if, if that happens. Uh, but, you know, then you're having to send the police up there. And then, of course, uh, you know, law enforcement are at high risk of getting this disease as well. Yeah. So it's just... It's a... This is a this is an a, a nightmare and um but it it's going to get better 1918 had three waves it got better and then we had the roaring 20s the, we're in our second wave of this right now. You think and, so? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the way I'm what's what I'm calling it. You know, we had the the initial spike, and then you saw the curve start to flatten and decrease, and now we're seeing a resurgence again in some parts of the country. It's different than the flu waves, but it's it's similar. And uh, but and but we have the advantage they didn't have, which is much better virology, much better vaccinology, much better intensive care. And we also have uh, therapeutics and the ability to get these things in the pipeline at lightning speed. The fact that we have a possibility of a vaccine less than a year after this virus first appeared in China is nothing short of miraculous. And it's not a real miracle. It's A modern scientific miracle, because the people that are are doing this really are they're magicians, but they're just using science, you know, and it's it's beautiful. This Moderna vaccine is the craziest thing. We talked about it a little bit. The Moderna vaccine is just a strand of RNA and you and our messenger RNA. It's not a, a virus protein like a normal vaccine is. This is an instruction set. You're basically sending like um, an app, the instructions from an app or like you probably don't remember, but we used to have uh, punch cards to program computers. It's like sending a stack of punch cards into the cells and then the cells themselves make the vaccine. This messenger RNA goes into the cells works its way into the cells, is picked up and then is transcribed by uh, transcription RNA and ribosomes to make the protein that is then excreted into the uh, cell wall. And then the body starts making an immune response against it and acts a lot more like an infection. And you get better immunity from that. Now people are worried oh god but the the antibodies go away so fast it it's no longer just about antibodies it's about and we talked about this last time there is humoral response which is antibodies but you also have cellular response which are T cells and uh, helper T cells and other cells like that and there are memory T cells that will always remember this the infection and they will be there to fight it off the next time you get it
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So
2: do not fear. Okay. Do not
3: fear. One more thing.
2: Fear is the mind killer. Um, Apple and Frank Google's
3: COVID-19 said. tracking system to be debuted in a new Virginia app called COVIDWise.
2: When, you know, we heard about this back in January. I know, January. but it kind What's of disappeared.
3: So and it's interesting because, again, on Facebook... been spending a lot of time on there excuse me um so a lot of my facebook acquaintances Mm -hmm. have put don't call them friends long um little thing on what do you call it facebook message i don't know (laughs) saying um if you decide to be a part of this tracking please unfriend me delete me from your phone delete me from and it's just like come on um But and it's always the people you would suspect that would
2: see. Do you have your you don't have your iPad with you, do you? Yes, I do. Okay, Uh, look up Singapore chip tracking because I I heard about this, but I haven't read any hard information about it. That in Singapore, they're actually going to be putting a chip under people's skin to track them to do contact tracing. And so the the hypothesis is that if you have this. You can trace everyone that this person is. So you, you find someone that is COVID-19 positive. You put them in the system and then you can go bing, 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 bing. You can see everyone that that person came close to.
3: Speaking of which, with that. With I,
2: with deadly accuracy.
3: I, I've been seeing a lot of end of time Posts as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, so those we're are all, also in the end of times, and every I,
2: generation thinks that they're in the end times. You know, one of that them, is
3: definitely true. One
2: of them will be right sometime, at some point in the future, particularly when our star decides to become a you know a red giant. That that generation that has that last perfect day, they'll be the right ones. But if you go back thousands and thousands of years, every generation thought they were the last. So.
3: So I have, um, I did pull up Singapore chip tracking.
2: Okay, what do you got?
3: Well, I don't want to read it. Yes. Well, there's a bunch of things. Here's one that says, not a tracking device, Singapore authorities clarify details. Okay, then what is it? Well, it looks like a video and we can't do that.
2: (laughs) Okay. Let me see.
3: Well, that's pretty much all it says. It's not a tracking device. Minister in charge of the Smart Nation Initiative, Vivian Bubblabuh said on Monday. And then that's all it says. It's a YouTube video you can look at. Okay, it that's okay. Like-
2: Singapore building wearable tracking device for citizens because phone-based COVID-19 tracking isn't good enough. Okay. So but Singapore we're not doing is developing that here, a wearable we? tracking device that will reveal if citizens come into contact with COVID-19 infected people. We are developing and will soon roll out a portable wearing, wearable device. Okay, so it's not, the, they're not, it's not the number of the beast, folks. They're not uh, injecting it under their skin. We're developing and will soon roll out a portable wearing device that will achieve the same objectives as traced together but will not depend on possession of a smartphone. If this portable device works, we may then distribute it to everyone in Singapore. Okay. You know
3: what else freaks people it's out? It's just
2: contact tracing. That's all it is
3: cashless society that freaks people out
2: yeah well i i think it's a good idea
3: well i just don't ever have it so
2: right when when have you had cash
3: never it's or like a, a checkbook it's like a
2: i'm the keeper of your check when I'm i
3: get ready. cash <laughs> right
2: i know i hear i hear the same things i'm cool with all of it Bring me the cashless society. Bring me the tracking chip. I'm good. Just
3: put it in me. Let's yeah,
2: go. I'm ready. <laughs> okay.
3: Let's just do it.
2: All right.
4: Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio.
5: Uh, the days on the podcast or FM radio the other day, and I figured I'd give you a call about the first time I went to Japan, Tokyo, and visited the... Uh,
2: Okay, so he's talking about our bidet discussion. Okay. Which I have my bidet going, and I love it. Although um, it, it was a little trickier on mine. It kind of goes off to the side, so I have to wiggle around and stuff. I've got to fix that to figure out how to get it to s- shoot straight down the the old uh, Star Wars uh, channel. You Poop know? shoot. Yeah. Or, yes, there you go. I was trying to—anyway.
5: We went to the train station, <laughs> or the Marriott across from train station downtown uh, Tokyo Okay. and we went into the room my wife and I and looked around kind of tiny room went to the bathroom and it had one of them toilets in there and I'm like so I called my wife and she looked at and I'm like that's looks like pretty cool for the morning so anyways the next morning I get up do my thing and uh, get that—it had a little arm on it with these controls. And, yep. Uh, I pushed it, set it for to hit the teaster instead of, since I don't have a jai it would have knocked me in the nuts But uh, then I pushed a little green button, and I heard this motor go, this this rod was coming out of there, and it uh, stopped and then fired a shot right dead center my key I shot off that toilet like a dart
2: <laughs> and then the water's all over uh, everywhere
5: turned around and shut that well, it's the door of this hotel room yeah. turned around and shut the, the water off and uh, that knob went, that little rod went back into the toilet and, and rotated itself, cleaning itself so then I, I go, I'm a cowboy and I'm tumbled, of the so I got back on that thing and pushed that button again. Here's the rod coming out. I'm, I'm getting all prepped for that bad boy to hit me.
2: Clenching your tank. And it
5: fired it in there. I'm ready this time. I, it hits me right dead center, and I'm like,
1: yeah.
5: I'm sitting there, my eyes are rolling back and forth. I'm like, mean? Hey, this thing is like swishing back and forth, just a little tickling of the, of the, the pipe back there. And I just kind of relaxed the old sphincter and, and let it do its magic. Then uh, the wife, an hour and a half later, I'm sitting on this thing and I'm laid back on this toilet just looking good back there. The wife pounds on it. Honey, you okay in there? And I'm like, huh? Oh. Uh, and I'll be out in a second. I turned it off, and
3: that's
2: my uh toe story. Okay, so he did an hour and a half cleaning.
3: That's a very telling story.
2: It is. Our, the, we have the tushy, and it sits at the back and sort of shoots forward. Now, if you turn it on and you're not there, it will squirt you square in the eye or in the middle of the chest. I mean, it will go across the room because the first time we turned yours on,
3: it went everywhere. It went everywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, but it's um, yeah, I would love to have one of those that's made to um, do to do that. Now those toilets are I think like ten grand a piece because I priced them at one point. Uh, let's see, Toto toilet price. Oh, okay, only five thousand dollars. Now they have a Toto washlet which is 429 which looks like it's a toilet seat, you know, the seat part that's got the thing built into it. And uh oh wow, they've got here's a $7,000 Toto. But I want the toilet. I want the toilet with all of it built in with the lights and all of that stuff, you know?
3: That would be nice.
2: It would be nice. All right. Our computer is uh shitting the bed. Over oh, there here. you go. That's okay. good. Yeah. All right. okay, Well, thanks for the bidet story.
1: Hey, Dr. Steve. Charlie from Western Maryland. Uh, my wife recently was diagnosed with acute hypertension. Okay. Uh, just out of the blue. Uh, she was at her OB visit in May, and her blood pressure was 106 over 68. Okay. Uh, this past Thursday, it was like two sixty or oh. one sixty. Oh God! Uh, which you know went to the, the emergency room and got some meds for it. Um, she's forty-one, uh, five foot one, hundred and eight pounds. She runs six or ten miles a day, uh, six days a week. She's super athletic. So I guess what happened? Like, what could be the possible cause for like sudden onset uh, high blood pressure? Uh, they gave her medicine, you know, it's in line now, um, and she wants to get off the medicine as soon as possible because it's making her really tired and lacking yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what the cause was. We're working on getting it.
2: Well, that is for the primary care or even a cardiologist to figure out. Acute hypertension. Um, it, I mean, it's possible that it was just her time to start having blood high blood pressure issues and her body's... System just shut down to the point where uh, she had this insane, what we call stage two hypertension. But uh, I would, you know, I would ask several questions. Is she what medications is she on? Because every once in a while you'll get a an interaction between medications that can cause something like this. Was she started on a new medication? Was there anything that she took? What was her blood work like? Were there were kidneys okay? Uh, was her sodium and potassium okay? Because those things can give you clues to things like um, there's, um, you know, renal artery stenosis, which is narrowing of the artery going to the kidney. So the kidney is in charge of of your blood pressure. You'd think the heart would be. The heart is the engine, but the kidney really is the controller. So, if you decrease blood flow to the kidney for whatever reason, what's it going to do? It's going to think, oh, no, this person's blood pressure is too low. I need to increase their blood pressure. And it will do that. And it will keep increasing it until it sees the blood pressure that it thinks that it needs to see because it has no way to detect that you've uh, narrowed the the uh, blood supply so, or, or, you know, decreased the blood supply to the kidney. So there's a whole protocol for this. Things that can cause, besides genetics and overweight and, uh, and medications, you know, sleep apnea can cause it. Like I said, kidney problems, any problems with the adrenal glands. There are thyroid problems and uh, birth, uh, oral birth control, different cold remedies. Like, you know, if she had allergies and she took some Sudafed every once in a while, you'll see somebody come in with a really high blood pressure from that. So let us know what they find out. There is a method to figuring this out. Now, whether you want to know if it's acute or chronic. So how would you figure that out, Tase?
3: Keep taking it. Keep taking her pressure to see.
2: Yeah, keep taking the blood pressure and then decrease the medication. If, it, know, if, it, if she decreases it and comes off of it and her blood pressure goes back to 106 over 60, it was an acute event, probably caused by medication or some short-term problem. Uh, if it remains elevated, however, she now has chronic hypertension, and it's more likely to be genetic than anything else. sounds like
3: she couldn't be doing anything better.
2: Right. Yeah, she's doing everything right. Yeah. So um, you can't beat your genetics sometimes. And uh, there are other things. There are there are a couple of hormonal things. There's a there's a weird little tumor called a pheochromocytoma that actually releases um, hormones that can increase your heart rate and and markedly increase your uh, blood pressure. But we usually see that in eighty year old little old ladies and stuff. We don't see that in somebody young like her. But anyway, they would do a urinary catecholamine and some other t- studies like that to uh, determine if you know is there a secondary cause for this all right, all
6: right. hello so uh, i had a question about covid and uh your thoughts on workplace environments that are not safe spaces you know where people can't open windows and there are people continuously testing positive for covid um what your thoughts might be around people, for instance, saying or faking that they have COVID symptoms to get Boom. time off from work to try to avoid being in that unsafe space while still, you know, hopefully keeping their job past 2020 and hopefully maintaining their health past this year to get to the next year. Um, what, uh, what you thought about that type of strategy to buy time to get to a point where we would have a vaccine or even better treatments? since the longer you can avoid getting sick, better your chances are of surviving and, and I really hate to put you up to the spot with this but I'm curious about a, a doctor's thoughts around the ethics that surround this yeah. issue well um, you know what the ethics are brutal, you wouldn't be asking about it you know on, on people and workers but people seem to be risking their lives daily to keep their jobs yep um, but, but there's that is this, too is this um, the type of thing that's absolutely forbidden for doctors or if if strategy could save someone's life is it yeah no that a doctor should even continue?
2: yeah it, okay so the ethics of it is that we can't falsify data uh you can i i can't in good conscience have you come to me and say look my workplace is unsafe can you tell my employer that i have covid-19 so i can get out of going to work that i can't do but what i can do is talk to your employer about making their workspace more safe. Now, you can go to the cdc.gov and put in COVID-19 employer information for office buildings, and there's a whole slew of things that they can do. And you can complain to HR, too, if you really feel like your area is unsafe. I have friends in um, air traffic control circles, and they've done a really good job at making their workplace a safe place to work, even though they're cooped up in a really small environment and cooped up together, so you have to evaluate the 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 building, its mechanical life safety systems to determine if the building's ready for occupancy. Obviously, the ventilation systems in the facility have got to operate properly, and if you're moving air, you're less likely to um, uh, stimulate an outbreak than if you have still non-moving air. Um, You've got to increase the circulation of outdoor air as much as possible. I know you said you can't open windows. If you have windows, they need to make them so that maybe you can open them. And um, you also want to minimize the risk of Legionnaire's disease. Uh, So you need to make sure that all your water systems, your sinks, your faucets, your drinking fountains, and the air conditioning devices, all of those things are functioning properly because Legionnaire's disease loves to live in pooled water, and it's the number three cause, taste of uh, pneumonia, community-acquired pneumonia.
3: Are there not labor laws to prevent this yes, type of but thing? S- yes.
2: So if they're violating them, then they can do something about it. So, uh, you know, th- your employer can do a thorough hazard assessment in the workplace to identify potential workplace hazards. They need to be screening people when they come in. I do not understand businesses that want to do business with the public, particularly, that aren't screening their employees. I think if you do that, you're showing, hey, look, we're taking these steps to do this. hmm You know, uh, so, yes, our employees are all screened, 100 percent come in. You uh, you have to sign an affidavit saying that you're asymptomatic and that if uh, and then they take your temperature.
3: I feel very fortunate that my company goes above and beyond. Agreed. Just above and beyond what they need to do to keep, keep us safe.
2: These companies really need to include employees in the communication plans to tell them what they're doing to the, you know you don't employers don't just do stuff and you may be doing all the right things you got to communicate that to your employees so that they feel safe okay
3: cuz it's not just about the employees it's about the employees family and extended yep. family and friends it's
2: CDC recommends modifying workstations to maintain social distancing of six feet between employees where possible and install transparent shields or other physical barriers where possible to separate employees when social distancing isn't an option and to arrange chairs and reception areas by turning, draping, doing whatever you can to remove chairs. Or whatever you got to do to maintain social distancing when you get out there, and uh, use methods to physically separate employees in all areas of the building, particularly work areas, but also meeting rooms and break rooms and even parking lots. You know, so uh, go to that place. Uh, this it has everything in it. If your employer isn't doing this stuff. Send it to them. Say, hey, how come we're not doing this? Go to HR. They should be responsive. But the ethics of it is, you know, we can't lie and say you got something you don't have. But we can work to make it better.
3: It's like in my car accident yesterday. The, oh, yeah. the kid who hit me was like, can I just say I hit you in the parking lot? And I'm like, <laughs> no, we can't. No, man, your your truck looks pretty bad. I don't think we can yeah. say that you hit me in a parking lot.
2: You can't just fib. <laughs>
3: All right. But he, he tried, so okay, there you Okay,
2: Steve, I finally got the results for my
4: coronary calcium score. Uh, I had that done a couple of weeks ago. It was a bit of a hassle, but um, it was just because of COVID and trying to schedule stuff. Um, anyway, they my doctor had um, diagnosed hyperlipidemia, uh, good. Ele- elevated LDL. I mean, not good. I think it was like at a 140, 145. And, anyway, I, I got that down to about 100 or just, just under 100. Hey, good by, job. Excellent, excellent. Diet, cutting out the cheese and the dairy um, so often. Uh, anyway, the, the cal- total calcium score was a 61, and they put me in the percentile of uh, 75, 75th percentile. I don't know what that means. And then they broke it down to the different valves, heart valves, and uh, the left main artery, zero, and then um, – left anterior descending was 25, the circumflex was 3, the right coronary artery was 33, and posterior descending was 0, and the other vessels were 0. So uh, they said I was good until uh, 55, 10 more years from now, so I guess I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing.
2: Okay, that sounds good, man. So he has one risk factor, which was hyperlipidemia, if I heard him right.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you want to do the calcium scores. Um, it, look, this uh, insurance doesn't pay for this yet, but most of the time they'll do these on off-cycles during uh, CAT scans. It's a very low-dose CAT scan. You go in, and it takes literally um, three minutes to do, and they calculate your risk of developing coronary artery disease through this through looking at plaques or calcium buildup in the coronary arteries. So... Um, it's it's calculated based on the amount of plaque that they see on the CT scan, and then they convert it to a percentile rank based on your age and your sex. So the result from your cardiac scoring is usually sent to your doctor, and his was 60-something. So as 1 to 10 is a small amount of plaque. You have less than 10% chance of having a heart disease, and your risk of heart attack is low. 11 to 100 is some plaque. You have mild heart disease to a moderate chance of heart attack. Your doctor may recommend other treatment in addition to lifestyle changes. And then if it's 101 to 400, you have a moderate amount of plaque. And, um, uh, if, and if it's over 400, you have a 90% chance that the plaque is blocking one of your arteries. So that's yikes. So um, you what, what your primary care is going to do is mitigate risk over time, make sure you're not smoking, keep your blood pressure down, get your blood sugars under control, and uh, if they're out of control, increase your exercise and they're going to keep you on that cholesterol-lowering drug because the statin drugs, as much as Dr. Scott hates them, have been shown to decrease the risk of uh, heart attack and stroke and even sometimes reverse plaques.
3: Why does he hate them so much? Well,
2: he's a traditional Chinese medical professional. I mean, he's not a big fan of a lot of things that we do in allopathic medicine. Mm. But he feels that the downsides, the risks are worse than the benefits. And I disagree with him on that. So, you know, it's just one of those things. So, um, yeah, when they do the CT scan, uh, they just lay you down. You put your hands over your head and they run you through once and you're done. You're out of there and they can give you the result right then. So it's a pretty neat test. We talked about this GVAC who was sit, used to sit in where Tacey's sitting right now, had just turned 50. So we had started talking about, it. oh, boy, we can start doing colonoscopies on you and do them for the air. And we could do a calcium score and do that for the air and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, uh, I wish we had done it you know earlier because uh, he didn't uh, survive the widow-, widow maker heart attack that he had and it was very tragic because these were one of those things that you know this calcium score maybe we would have caught it early enough and prevented it had he uh, been going to the doctor and uh, you know or if we had done some of these things earlier as a bit for the show you know so mm-hmm. it kind of sucked so anyway, terrible it was terrible it was horrible So, um, but that's where we're at, and uh, I I do recommend it. It is slightly controversial, but less and less controversial every day. And the cardiologists that I talk to are definitely in favor of it because they're doing them themselves in their. in their CT suites, the cardiology practices that have them. Well, anyway, uh, thanks go to, uh, Tacey. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ovcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Ron Bennington, and Fizz Watley, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. I'm going to throw Jim McClure into the, that mix. I'll throw Mehmet Walker into the mix. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mimette's, uh definitely supported our show behind the scenes and uh, on the air. And uh, Dudley and Bob out there in uh, Texas as well, who have always been friends of the show. And Rob, the great Rob Bartlett who uh, we don't mention often enough. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern and On Demand. And many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic IG... Good goodness, we've been talking too long. Topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for (laughs) schedule. Jeez, what is wrong with me? Can I have a drink, please? Schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, wash your hands, wear your face mask, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks.
3: bye, everybody.